said? We bought a dune. Hey, hey, Sam. Yeah, yeah, Andrew. How you do? Hey, Andrew. Yeah, Sam. What are you doing in my swamp? <laughs> hey, Sam. Hey, well, yeah, Andrew. Aren't you glad I didn't say dude? <laughs> Fucking what? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Everyone outside and in between. Welcome. Welcome, dude. Back. Ooh, dude. Dune. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in. I'm. Uh, this is a movie art discussion podcast. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Sam Bannigan. And I am the other, Andrew Thomas. How you doing, how you Sam? Doing? Oh, I, oh. Uh, how how are you this week, bud? Um, this week was good. Uh, started off crazy. Started off wild. Yeah. Yeah. Started no, from started the off. Yeah, but like, yeah. I feel like I'm in a good spot right now to conquer this next week, right? In it Hell to win yeah. it. Yeah. Right. Uh, Hell yeah, Halloween time, baby. Ooh, it is Halloween time. Oh, also, I'm gonna tell you, this is it for Wilfred. This is this is. I'm getting my buddy money's worth. This. This, this is the Halloween, last one. This is the last one. Then I'm retiring okay. it. Okay. I That's got fair. my money's worth. Yeah, it's been also, five years. So. Didn't want to get out. I didn't want to think about Halloween this year. I was like, I have that dog costume. Why not? Yeah. I got invited to a Halloween thing. I don't Ooh. know if I'm going to go. Ooh. Because of reasons. So we'll see. Would you like to discuss but them I, on air or, or not? I also just, no, it's just like, I don't know. It's, I don't, I don't. It's like, it's like my roommate and a bunch of his friends. Oh, okay. Who I like, yeah. like we've hung out like throughout the pandemic and stuff, but I'm still not like one of their friends. You know what I mean? Yes. Like I'm kind of like their friend's chill roommate. Yeah, for sure. I think. Uh, and like, it would be like him and his girlfriend and like him and his girlfriend have like hung out with them and like gotten way closer to like them than I am, so I just kind of like be there. It's like, well, I hear you. So I really want to go to a party that situation, where like, have we not? <laughs> yeah, where like everyone else knows each other way more than I do, and like it's COVID, so it's like they aren't really seeing a lot of people. Yeah, they want to just get hang out with their close pals, you know. Like I don't know, I don't know if I really want to. <laughs> I hear that it's weird. I completely like, understand I'm gonna that have... situation. Like I'm gonna have FOMO if I don't go. So like that's I got, the I thing. Figure out something, you know. Like I don't know. I know I'm very unique in this situation, in that situation, because that's the situation I thrive in. I'm like I cannot talk and just disappear into the night, or I can be like, all yeah. right, I can make us this a group activity. I'm gonna yeah. do it either one. 
That's yeah. the one I thrive. It's what I know everyone. I'm like, all right, who do I talk to? I don't want this person to feel left out. I don't hear. Oh. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. But yeah. It yeah. Would, I hope it's, I hope if you do decide to go, I hope you have I a hope good time. Yeah, who knows? Exactly. That's the thing. Who knows? It could be nice. I could be there for an hour and go, actually, fuck this. And then go home. <laughs> they don't live that far away. They live like max 15 minute walk away. <laughs> so it's not that bad. Uh, but my week was pretty good as well. Uh, I had a good time. I saw some people. I hung out. Went to work one day. You know Ooh. how it is. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. And then on Saturday morning. Okay, so Friday night, we had some people over. We had some drinks. Right? Yes. Saturday morning. I'm very hungover. But me and my two roommates, we already had tickets to go see Dune at noon on Saturday. Ooh, Dune at noon? Yeah, Dune at noon, baby. Oh, yeah, Dune at yes, noon. please. <laughs> in the D- Dune box seats, the D box. You saw Dune at, R- Dune at, D- at the D box? Dune at yeah, Dune at D in, box? In the little rumbly seats. Um, hungover? Uh, yeah, hungover. Um, and I woke up that morning at like probably like 1030-ish, maybe, you know, 10 to 1030 in that range. Mm-hmm. And I had like 50 pages of the book left. And I finished the book as Ben was putting on his shoes to walk out the door. And I finished it before we left. I kept my promise. I finished the book before I saw the movie. You did it! I did it. I did it. I did it. I'm so proud of myself. That's a long ass fucking book. It's It's like 800 pages. And I did it. It's a thick, thick piece of book. Yeah, so I saw it. You saw it. Yes. 2021's Denny Villeneuve's Doom. Doom. Uh, what'd you think, Sam? I fucking love this movie. <laughs> Holy shit. This movie was incredible. By God, what a film. So, uh, just every little detail, every little aspect of this movie, Andrew, it got me going. I was like, I was even without the rumbling, shaking seats, I would have been shaking in my goddamn seat. I was so excited. I was like having such a good time. Yeah. I was like, just like, ooh, baby, ooh, yes, ooh, give me this sci-fi, ooh, bull, ooh, yes, ooh. I love it. I love it. It's so good. It's so good. The, the worst part about it is that I can't watch part two next year. Yeah. Like, come on. Come on, Warner Brothers. Yeah. You see the dailies at one point and go, it should just exist because hopefully it yeah. makes money. But uh, come yeah. on, guys. Luckily, it had a fucking insane opening weekend. And so we're definitely getting that second movie. Yeah. Like, Hopefully definitely. it's announced next week, because yeah, with the with the release on streaming, everyone's second weekend is not too good. 
And I hope yeah. they're not waiting for that because, you know, the circumstances. It uh, it has already made its budget back. Perf worldwide? All? Yeah. All right. Great. Amazing. So it's fine. It's going to be just fine. Also, a wild thing, because I know you've seen these movies. Dune costs less money than both Black Widow and Jungle Cruise. Yes, I've been having a... Uh, oh, I'm going to put this in, in the notes. It's going in the notes. We'll talk okay, about this. That, Don't you yeah, worry, yeah. my man. <laughs> I've been going losing my mind because of it. Yeah. But I fucking... I love this movie. So, so what did you think? Right? Like... I was going to the movie and I was just thinking, I was like, am I about to see Lord of the Rings fellowship of the ring? Is this it? Is this what I'm walking into? Please, please let this be what I'm walking into. I might regret saying this, but for right now it was, it was, it was, it was baby. For right it now was. in this oh. moment. It was finally. Oh, it, it's pretty good. Um, I have really just one major issue with it. Uh, it's, this was a capital M movie. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I've been debating saying this, but I'm sorry if I, if I make you feel FOMO, Sam. But, oh, wee! If you can see it at the Lincoln Square IMAX! It goes all big. It gets all big. (laughs) You fucking bitch. I knew you were going to say it. I knew it. I was debating if I I was like, should I say it? Justin this morning when he was like, oh yeah, me and Andrew saw it, but Lupita didn't. And I was like, those motherfuckers went to the Lincoln Square IMAX, those pieces of shit, didn't they? (laughs) God damn. The only, I was like, dang, I wish Sam was here. I saw I saw it on the biggest screen I could, Andrew, okay? Screens aren't that big here in Edmonton. I went to the biggest, <laughs> fanciest screen I could. We got rumbling seats and everything, okay? Oh, I can't afford it right now. If I could, I would. Don't you worry. I'm saving up my D-Box money for Ghostbusters Afterlife. Oh, yeah, that's the better fucking choice. <laughs> fucking asshole. <laughs> Oh yeah, if you can see it in that theater specifically, do. Well, I can't, so fuck I'm you. I'm telling the audience, New York, if you're in New York, go close to New York. Yeah, no, this movie's beautiful. This movie is yeah. oh. is fun. This movie is interesting. It's not no offense to children, but it's not pandering towards children. Yeah. It's a like such it's a movie. It's a movie. Like it's it's an epic. Like it is like it is truly an epic in the in the like film sense. Like I I I I, uh, I said it to Andrew before the before we start recording, but I'm like this movie is epic in it not in like the internet meme epic way. It just is an epic. This like is Lawrence like, of Arabia, like like Lawrence the of Ten Arabia, been hurt. 
like, yeah, like just an epic of a film. And it's fucking incredible. We haven't had one since Lord of the Rings, right? Yeah, that was the last one. I didn't see those in, in theaters, so this is it, baby. This is the one. This is uh, my Lord of the Rings. I'm going to be the asshole who knows all the weird fun facts about Dune. <laughs> Did you know that I'm gonna uh, be, Oscar I'm going to be the asshole. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be the asshole who's like, oh, no, you in order to really watch Dune, you got to watch the extended cut. You got to watch the extended edition. They're all no, four hours think... long. <laughs> do you think there's an got... extended cut? Think there's going to be one? I, for once, Andrew... For once. I hope so. Ooh-wee. Yeah, for once. You disagree with them on a moral level. For once, level. I hope so. Not <sighs> that I think... I think this movie is is perfect. I ha- I love this movie. Uh, yeah, but f- w- this one time, I'm like, maybe I do want a four-hour-long movie. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, let's hop into this cast. This cast is stacked. Stacked to the I, max. I don't even know where to begin with this. It's just... It's just so good. Um, coming in for, like, one scene. Everyone's favorite. He's in a bunch of stuff. You know him. You love him. I don't know how to say your last name. And I should have looked at this before. Babs Olesen Moken. And who is Olesen Moken? He plays Jamis uh, in the film. Uh, he was in uh, Black Mirror. He was in Too Old to Die Young. He was in Roots. Uh, he is the he is the Fremen that he that Paul knife fights at the end. Ah, uh, yes, he was great. He's great. He's just he's just one of those guys who's in a bunch of stuff and he's fucking yeah. good. Get prepared for us to say great like a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, he's great. Uh da, da, da. uh David Dasmalkian coming in as Peter DeVries. Obviously very good. We just talked about him not too long ago. Yes, indeed. But- my cat's yelling. Hold on. Yes, most definitely. Uh, David Desmarque. Uh Dave Batista as uh, Robin Harkonnen. Can't wait Bonner. to see more of him. Yeah, uh, he's great. Um, uh, Chen Chang as Doctor Wellington Yue, uh, the uh, doctor who is the traitor, the traitor yes. Yue. Yes. Uh, uh, Sharon Duncan Brewster as Dr. Liet Kynes. Uh, the ecologist woman. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. She was great. I really liked her. I hope to see her in more stuff. She, she has really a very good. nice screen presence. Yeah, she's really she did a really good job. Uh Liet Kynes in the in the um books is a man. So they they oh. switch that around. Yeah, I, I, I mean, see it. Like it doesn't yeah. it doesn't matter. Like mm. but yeah. I really, yeah, you know. I just shed a very, like, how do I describe it? Warm, but assertive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I liked it. Yeah. I, just, I hope she did. She her. did great. Uh, Javier Bardem 
Just killing the game as usual. Just, just, just being like, hey, I'll be in this movie. Exactly. Yeah, I'll be in this movie. Yeah, hell yeah. Let's do it. Let's go. Uh, same with fucking Josh Brolin. Yeah, love him. I love this relationship. He's great in Sicario, and he's yeah, great he's this. ah, he's so good. I'm really interested if uh, um, so Gurney Halleck in the books, he's like a bard. Like he like sings songs. Like he's like oh okay. This like like you know. Josh Brolin he, would be he, good at that. He like plays a little a little like lute like thing, and like sings songs. Like he's like a court bard. So I thought his I thought his characteristic of like hardened military man was like very interesting. I yeah. kind of hope that he sings a song in the next movie. Hopefully, right? His stepmother's you know? Barbara Streisand. Please. Yeah. Uh, also coming in, just fucking killing it. Uh, Stephen McKinley Henderson as uh, Thufir Howitt. Uh, Stephen McKinley Han- Henderson, uh, Fences, Lady Bird, Lincoln, <laughs> Extremely Loud and Incredibly game. Close. Every time uh, he's on screen, I'm like, hey, that guy. I love him. Hey, that guy. Hey, it's that guy. And he's fucking good. Uh, yeah, fucking fantastic. For years it was Sam Rockwell, but now it's, he's next, he's next up bat. He's the next guy. I love that Uh, guy. Stellan Skarsgård? Yes. As the Baron Vladimir Harkonnen? So I am curious, we are now approaching that time. Yeah. What did you think of him in the book? How do you think of him, how Stellan Skarsgård? decided to play this character what do you think i'm very curious i think i think stellan skarsgård like gets it like okay vladimir vladimir harkonnen is like supposed to be this like conniving evil like he knows what's going on for the most part but like knows how powerful he is but is like so aware that he is powerless like it's such it's such an interesting piece of shit (laughs) <laughs> you know like he's yeah, just the no, worst he's just a shitty dude he like the reason he's like floating is that he's he's like it's kind of it's fat phobic like yeah okay we I, it's bad i'm gonna i'll say that right off the top it's bad but the reason that he's floating is because he's so fat that he's too lazy to carry himself <laughs> so he floats everywhere and it's like <laughs> It is fat phobic, obviously. That's bad. But also, I think it's used really well of like, he's kind of this character that is lavish and powerful and like indulgent. Yes, it's more you know? of a gluttony than anything. Yeah, he's he's a very gluttonous sort of character and it's, and yes. it's represented in, in a lot of different ways. Uh, like it, it is fat phobic in a, in a sense, but I think it, I think it is used to actually say something about the character and it's not just like, oh, he's fat because he's the bad guy. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, yeah. Uh, Jason Momoa, as uh, everyone's favorite name, Duncan Idaho. <laughs> he's a lot of fun. He's I'm, so good. I'm so glad Jason Momoa got this role. It's so 
him. He's perfect. Yeah. But shows a different side. Like, yeah. I am now more willing to see Jason Momoa do something more. Like, he can't be a lawyer. That's the problem with Jason Momoa. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> but that's okay. Like, he can't just, like, be like, hey, I'm here at Harvard Law School, you know, studying, looking like yeah. this. Looking like this. Looking like like God's perfect man, right? <laughs> like, Yeah. So, yeah, no, but this was this was really good, and I'm glad he got it. It was a very good role. Yeah, he's great. Uh, and then we got, uh, I'll say Zendaya now because she's like not really she's not in this movie. Yeah, uh, Chani, the character, just comes in late into the books, but becomes much more important as the story goes on. She's still not, like, a leading character, uh, yeah, okay. I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, but she does a lot more than this. Than just in fantasies. It, yeah. 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 Um, um, for what she was in, she was good for the parts yeah, that I'm, I think I think she's a good Chani. I think she's going to be really good moving mm-hmm. forward as, as Chani. Um, and then we got fucking Oscar Isaac. Welcome back's favorite boy. Yes, love him, and Oscar also Isaac. with him, Rebecca Ferguson as Rebecca the, Ferguson uh, as the Duke and Lady Leto and Jessica Atreides. Now, loving the power couple in real life, like if they got together in real life, that would be great. How yeah. does that work again? What in the book for you? How, yeah, do you they like do. It a, translates they, well. It they do it does translate this whole like I'll keep saying it throughout the rest of this thing this whole adaptation I think is like extremely well done, mm-hmm. um, like obviously they take stuff out and stuff is missing. The only thing that I really wanted more of is like in the books there are kind of more scenes of like them just being in love with each other, okay. uh, a little bit uh, of just like, uh-huh. so in the so spoilers for Dune. Yeah, um, spoil. Let's do it right now. Go see. Uh, so, so in the in the book, you like know you as the audience knows that the betrayal is happening, like from the second chapter. Like you know oh, that's okay. coming. Um, uh, just because of how the book is written, it's very it's very well done. Um, but at some point, the Duke receives uh, uh, Leto receives a letter saying that uh, the Bene Gesserit witch. Uh, is the one who's like is planning on betraying you blah 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 um and uh he like has this moment with uh paul saying like i want you to know if anything happens your mother has to know that i never for a minute for a second doubted her i always knew she was on my side and nothing will ever change that not this letter not anyone saying otherwise i know she is with me 100 percent uh, and it's just like I wanted more moments like that, I guess. That just because I think that their relationship is really, really well done, um, and I don't think they're really going to get into the like who betrayed who situation in the in the second uh, yes. movie, you know? Because it, it 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 is a much more prominent in the first half of the book than it is in this movie. So yes. I think it's just not really what they're interested in going going for. 
but there's like stuff with like Josh Brolin, like confronts Gert, uh, confronts Jessica, like in the dining room, like he gets really drunk one night and like barges in saying that she's going to betray them. Like he knows. And she's like, Hey, what the fuck are you talking about? Like we need to talk about this. <laughs> there's this like great scene with, with <laughs> Jessica and, and UA where UA is like really nervous because he's like about to betray them. And Jessica thinks that he's really nervous because there's like this dinner where Baron Harkonnen, I think is there or a bunch of other people who worked with Baron Harkonnen are like in their house and UA is like really nervous about it. Um, And it's because he's about to betray them, but she thinks it's because of a different reason. Uh, And so they're having this conversation where like, he's nervous that she's about to find him out because she's a Bene Gesserit. So like, she's really good at reading people, but she's like misreading like one detail. So it's like, it kind of skews it all off. Yeah. So I just don't think it's it's something that they're going to get into in these movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is a much bigger part of the books. I would have loved to see that in the movie. One thing that is missing for me are the human elements. Like, <clears throat> so sorry <clears throat> for the throat. I think one thing that works with the movie is that they are just like archetypes. Like there's so much yeah. more going on within yeah. the story and within like the literal frame of the yeah of the movie there's so much going on where it's fine that the characters are kind of flat because they're just representative I of something i don't really agree i found that that for a lot of them i i think yes a lot of them are kind of like one-dimensional like here's the mm. thing that they do but I think that this movie does a really good job of like doing that human element stuff for Paul and Jessica. Um, cause I think, cause I, at the end of the day, like the, this first Dune book is about them. Yes. Right. Like it's about those two characters. And I think they did a really good job of establishing who they are as people and like what their emotions are and how they deal with things so that we can move on to the second movie and the second half of this book. And really see, like, all the shit that goes down. And Jessica is Rebecca Ferguson, yes? Yes, yes, awesome. Rebecca Ferguson. Amazing. Yeah, Jessica. no, I totally agree. I, I agree yeah. with those two characters. Yeah. But just with, like, hearing more about Oscar Isaac's character, his his comfort in that knowing his, his wife uh, supports him and wouldn't betray him. Having those yeah. moments, having that moment with Josh Brolin that you just said, it would yeah. have helped by understand taking those out for the sake of a yeah. pacing, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I um, think they had they had a really ni- that really nice moment when they when they go to bed and and he lays her his head in her lap mm-hmm. and he says like I should have married you, like that's a really nice moment and that does kind of play into some of the other stuff that plays into like the ending of the book a lot. It's a whole thing. It's a whole um, thing. It's a whole thing. And last but um, not least, uh, the cutest boy around. Yeah, Timothy Chalamet, Brooklyn's own. Yes. Like, he's so good. He's so... He's, like, perfect for Hollywood right now. He's a yeah. little James Dean. He's a little uh, Paul Newman. He's yeah. cute, like... Uh, like Tom Cruise and Leonardo DiCaprio, but he's also yeah. kind of androgynous. Like he's like perfect, 
It's perfect. Yeah, it's kind of wild. I was really worried when I was reading the book. I was really worried that about Timothy. Mm. I wasn't sure if he was going to pull it off. Right? I think Paul is such a difficult character to really get across and get like the subtleties of his emotion and his arc through. Mm-hmm. Um, that I was really worried. Cause like, I think he's good in, in little women. I think he's good in lady bird, but I don't, I really didn't like him in beautiful boy. Ooh, he's obviously okay. really good in, in call me by your name. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I don't know if there was just something about it that I was like, I'm not sure if he can pull this off. I'm not sure if he can do this. Yes. And he proved me wrong. Like, I'm happy to, I'm happy to say that I was wrong to worry about Timothy Chalamet as Paul Atreides, because holy shit. Holy shit. He's a good one. He's so good. I'm very excited to see the French Dispatch. Yes, indeed. Very excited. Yeah. Um, especially. Uh, and I think, I think he does, like, uh, speaking of, like, book to movie. I think he does a great job. I think he does a really like Paul goes through a lot of stuff and, and the book is written like kind of like first person, but you're switching first person perspectives. So like you'll hear, hear both people's thoughts during a conversation that they're having. Mm-hmm. Um, and Paul goes through a lot and there is like, um, so it's a lot easier to get, get across like, oh, he's feeling this feeling, but he can't show this feeling because like he has to be a leader. Like he has to be in charge of this, of these people, but he's feeling grief in this moment. Right. Mm-hmm. Like um, there's a, a, like this happens in the movie. I can talk about this one. When his, when his dad dies, he, he, and he has that moment in the, in the tent where he like sees, sees the, his possible futures and all that stuff. And he has his little freak out. There's like this moment in the book where he's like, I know my dad is dead, but I cannot grieve for him. That time will come later. I cannot do this now. And then like for the next little bit of the book, like every once in a while, something will happen. And it says like, I feel that grief coming back, but I have to, I have to put it away. I have to keep going. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I have to, or we're going <sighs> to die. Like, or we're going to die in this desert. If I grieve right exactly, now. Exactly. Right. Right. And I think he did a. I think they did a really good job of like showing those moments of of vulnerability, and then switching to like, oh no, I have to be this, you know, the the their uh, Lisan Al Gaib. Yeah, it... their their uh, Mahdi. <laughs> um, that scene where I already said spoilers. Yeah, 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 yeah. We got <gasps> yeah where Oscar Isaac does die, that scene's so well edited. And yeah. even beyond that scene, that entire, like, attack, the assault, yeah. the betrayal, it was yeah. so well edited. Ah, and great transition. Uh, great transition. To the head of this ship, the captain, the real star, Mr. Dennis Villeneuve, Canada's own. Canada's own Denny Villeneuve, baby. Oh, babe, this is that good, good can con. <laughs> this can con? Yeah, Canadian content. Can con. Can con. <laughs> I love it. Can con, baby. 
director mm-hmm. of the some of the best sci-fi movies of the past 10 years, some of the best movies of the past 10 years. Indeed. Uh, phenomenal director. Enemy. Prisoners. Uh, uh, Arrival. Arrival. Blade Runner 2049. Sicario. Sicario. Uh, Polytechnique, August 32nd on Earth. Uh, yeah, just... Ugh. Ugh. Quite possibly, like, one of my favorite directors ever. I get it. There's what? Christopher Nolan? <clears throat> the only other one of his contemporaries right now? Who else are making movies on this scale. No one. Not a single person. Yeah. People are trying real hard. And they do not succeed. Yeah, maybe Sam Mendes, if I'm being kind. Maybe Sam Mendes. Maybe, maybe, uh, oh. I just lost their name. What was I just thinking of? I don't know. It'll come back to me. It'll come back to you. But yeah, yeah, no, this is this is great. I hope I hope a lot of directors are taking class. Yeah. <clears throat> like he like he earned it. Like I remember enemy coming out. Like I remember yeah. that. He earned this. Yeah. Um He he's so good. He he really he really just proves like Hey, you can do this. You can do this. Yeah, you can truly. make this movie. Like it, like the. I don't know if this is where you want to talk about it, but like this cost fifty million dollars less than Black Widow, and Black Widow looks like dog shit. Like how? What how? are you talking about? Who? Who? Where is that money going? Is it where? Is it like true? that? That budget is not is not including marketing, right? Yes, like that is exactly. not including marketing. $50 million or less. And Dune is like one of the prettiest movies I've seen in years. I don't know, man. Like something shady's happening in Hollywood. Something like, is happening. Is it true? Like there were rumors back in like 2013 that like actors just won't be on set with each other. So they like have to just shoot like dialogue scenes. And I have to just like insert it, but that's cheap. People do that on YouTube. I don't yeah. I just Do they have to pay the stars that much? Is it that lucrative? But where There's does... no way. The one person in black in in like the one person who would get a larger paycheck in Black Widow compared to Dune is Scarlett Johansson. But then it's like, okay, so you have Scarlett Johansson obviously making bank because like she's been an Avenger for ten also, years. Also, we know her salary was twenty million. We know that because of the lawsuit. Yeah. There's no way that between like let's just consider the like big stars of that movie, right? You have Scarlett Johansson, David Harbour, Rachel Weiss, and Florence Puke. And That's four people. Ray Silverstone. I would just just to be fair, just Ray Silverstone. Yeah. Five people. Let's say, you know, all together they get paid like fifty million dollars. Yeah. 
There's no way that Timothy Chalamet, Rebecca Ferguson, Oscar Isaac, Jason Momoa, Stellan Skarsgård, Josh Brolin, Javier Bardem, and Dave Bautista and Zendaya all cost less than $50 million? There's no chance. There's no chance that that's how that goes. And then even take Jungle Cruise, uh, the, the Rock... Emily Blunt, Jesse Plemons, um, the British comedian, Jack, Jack Whitehall. Jack Whitehall? Yeah. There's no way. Like, And Jungle Cruise, to be fair, only cost $35 million more million than this movie did. It's really, it's really, it's not like that was Pirates of the Caribbean. If that movie was Pirates of the Caribbean, I'd go, oh, okay, I see it. I, I, that makes sense. I hear where that costs more money. Yeah. They didn't go on no boat. They didn't go. They, they, didn't, they were in the Caribbean. In that Caribbean. No. They were in a fucking blue studio. In, in South Bank, California. Yeah, I yeah. said it. South Bank. Look it up. <laughs> like, there's no way that this cast actually going to Abu Dhabi and Norway is going to cost less than Jungle Cruise shot in a studio in atlanta there's some money there's some money laundering going on there's There's something there's something whack trouble paradise it's insane how much how much less money this this took to make like just just a stunning just a stunning looking that transports you to another world it truly takes you to another world Unlike anything else. What yeah, Greg movies? Frazier did a fucking phenomenal job. Greg Frazier, the cinematographer, uh, did Rogue One, did Zero Dark Thirty, did Vice, did Foxcatcher. We talked about this a little while ago, but uh, did Lion, like, did Mary Magdalene. What movie it, were we doing? My, I don't know. No. Oh. We were talking about Roger Deakins. It was Skyfall. Oh, okay. We were talking about Skyfall. Oh, okay. We got, I remember. we got worried. About, I got worried about who's doing Dune if Roger Deakins isn't doing Dune. Yes, yes, yes. As Greg Frazier, Greg Frazier fucking coming in hot, knocking it out of the park. Also, before I forget, um, coming in strong after taking a nap the last two weeks uh, during No Time to Die. Hot Zimmer coming in hot. Hot Zimmer yeah. coming in hot. Who? <laughs> Who? I was talking what bad trash during No Time to Die. I was talking that yeah. bad trash. And he was like, no, 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 no. You got to put some spect on my name. Don't you yeah. ever. <laughs> Don't you ever forget who my goddamn name. Who my name is? <laughs> who my name is. Who my name is. <laughs> Yeah, Don't no, you ever Zimmer forget score my name. is so new. It's like him, but not him. It's yeah. like I hear where the Hans Zimmer, I've been listening to him for a decade at least. Forever. But also, yeah. if someone said, no, this isn't Hans Zimmer, this is someone new, I'd be like, yeah. Yeah, it could be. So good. I love it. Ah! Yeah, it's like this. I. I can't wait for people to really dig into this score and really like 
find all the little things. Yeah. You know? Hi- like all the little motifs and the Sorry? See it on The Simpsons. Hi- yeah, Hi- like parody. just I I can't wait for for this to get the respect it deserves. Yeah. Um in modern in modern film, since since we've been watching cinema, when has there been an epic like this? Like I think you're right. I think the last one was Lord of the Rings. Not even The Hobbit. Lord of the Rings. No, not The Hobbit. The Lord of the Rings. I like, mean, yeah. Inception. It's different, right? But what's the difference? It's different. Inception, I think it's because, like, it's something about, like, scale. Like Inception doesn't Inception for for as much as going on in that movie, it still feels pretty small. It's still a heist. It's still a heist, right? Yeah. Like it's still one heist, right? Mm. But when it's like, you know, Lord of the Rings, and it's like we gotta travel across <laughs> the whole fucking continent. We gotta go here. We gotta go to the Blingblorbs and meet with the Zignars to make sure that yeah. the sacred treaty of the of the Glarp, the closest thing to an epic like this is Game of Thrones, right? That's yeah. that's the other thing. Game of Thrones was the last one. Yeah, you're right. Game of Thrones, of course. Ugh. Like, like that was it. But, like, I haven't seen... And, and even, like, in, in terms of movies, like, I don't, I don't think there's been one since Lord of the Rings. And, Andrew, can I tell you? I'm real happy that this one is a sci-fi. Yeah. I'm real happy it's a sci-fi. <laughs> like, oh boy. I, I don't get me wrong, I love fantasy. I do. But yeah, if the last two epics we can name are Game of Thrones and Lord of the Rings. Let's... And even going back to to, you know, some of the classic epics, like those are all fantasy. Yeah. Historical fantasy, but like fantasy. You know? Well, this Whereas is, this is like, no, we have, we are on another planet, and there's, there's spaceships, spaceships, and and shields and guns and shit, and it's like, ah, oh, fuck, this is sick as hell, actually. Ah, <laughs> uh, we need a western. That's next. That's the other genre. Nah, it's sci-fi's time, baby. Sci-fi's time. Bring it back. It's sci-fi's time. It's sci-fi's turn. We're getting the Matrix in like a month, in like two months. Arguing the Matrix, yeah, baby. Yeah. Um, the Matrix trailer played before Dune, and I was hyped as hell. It's just. I couldn't. I couldn't imagine ending a trailer for a movie with a better line than Jonathan Groff going, going back to where it all started. Back to the Matrix. It's so good. Like, it's so good. It's great. Uh, Can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. And it's from from the source. It's a Wachowski. It's from the source. It's, yeah. Oh, Get out of here, J.J. Abrams! It's from the source! Yeah, I'm just, oh, man. I'm just, I'm just in a good mood. This just, thinking about this movie just puts me in a good <laughs> it mood. It just puts man. you in a good it's mood. so good. Um, 
I... you want you wanted to ask about Lynch's Dune? Yes, I did want right? to ask about Lynch's Dune. I haven't seen it. I'm probably going to watch it right after we are done recording. You've yeah. seen it. Um, I have seen it. What? As someone who's about to watch it, who just watched uh, the newest Dune, Diddy Villa yeah. News, what should I expect? What should I... So, one, the Lynch's Dune covers the whole book. Okay. Um, Makes some significant changes i'll say uh and is is all of the events of dune all the events that happen in in the book are in david lynch's dune none of the heart is in it but all of the events are okay all right it's it's just events it's just this happens and then this happens and then this happens and then this happens Happens. Dang. How do you... Yeah. Actually, I recommend potentially... I don't know. I mean, yeah, after. uh, Cinefix, I mean, IGN Movies and TV. Of course. uh, Put out uh, a really interesting What's the Difference on uh, David Lynch's Dune. And they talk about one scene. And it changes everything. Like, they're right. Like, it's the begin... They they change how the beginning of, of Dune works. And it changes the rest of it, like how the rest is painted in a pretty. I'm very major curious. Way. I can't wait. Yeah, they also just did a really good video on Denny Villeneuve on all of his movies. Ooh! Oh, I That's started really it, but good. I didn't finish it. It's really good. Um, it made me want to do like all. I it made me want to watch all of Denny. Denny is it? Movies. Is it time? Early winter. Who's to winter? say? Who's to uh, say? Who's to say? That's a perfect time to watch Prisoners during the winter. Ooh, wee. Yeah, you're right. Prisoners is a winter. It's a movie. good time to watch it during the winter. I'm saying I'm not this opposed. This is a winter movie. Want some French oh, films? Shit. I'm ready, man. Yeah. Okay, maybe. Maybe we'll talk about it. We'll talk um, about it. Don't you worry. <laughs> um. Yeah. With David Lynch's Dune, from from what you were telling me, and that's all I really want to know. Don't spoil yeah, it, please. I will but, not. Um, you say that David Lynch's version is, and then this happened, and then this happened. And with Denny Villeneuve, how do you think he avoided that? Because he must have seen that. He must have said, okay, I must yeah, not I, do that. I mean, I think the biggest thing is like, he made a two and a half hour movie out of half of the book. Mm-hmm. And how long is, is David Lynch's Dune actually? Oh yeah. Please look that up. I might, if it's too long, I might be watching a Muppet uh, haunted mansion. Yeah. Uh, David Lynch's Dune is. Come on, like two hours, two ten. Two twenty is the longest I'd go. Where the fuck? I can do 220. Yeah, I can do 220. I'll just pull it up on IMDb. It is... Oh, God, they keep moving where things are on IMDb. It's two hours and 17 minutes. Oof! Oof, it pushes the edges! So So it's 20 minutes shorter than this one movie. Wow, and it only... Wow. And it does and and Denny Villeneuve's Dune does half of the book. 
So it sounds like that this book truly needed space. It could, it yes. needs to be two movies. It needs to be a miniseries. It yes, was, it, it needs was destined to fail as a two three hour movie. Yeah, one hundred percent. There is no way unless you drastically change how a lot of stuff in the book goes like unless you drastically change it this this book is not going to fit into one film it's just not like it's it's there's too much going on it is an epic of a story like it is Mm -hmm. like so much is happening and so yeah so in order to do it they just have to kind of go through the events and kind of avoid all of the like heart and character like i um at the beginning of this movie at the beginning of Denny Villeneuve's new Dune. It opens with Zendaya saying, "Who will be Arrakis's new uh, oppressor?" Mm. And then immediately cuts to Paul's face while he's sleeping, and that says more about this story than anything in David Lynch's Dune. Like that moment, that cut is saying more interesting things about this story than all of David Lynch's do. Oof. Like, I really like David Lynch. I'm really, I I hate Twin Peaks, but I really like David Lynch. Uh Uh-huh. He should not have done Dune. Yeah, there's a whole controversy around that. Yeah. Around the production of Did you, apparently he didn't think when someone talked to him about it, he didn't think it was Dune. He thought they said June, like the month. And so he was like, yeah, I'll do a movie called June. He said this in an interview. I, like, <laughs> <laughs> That sounds like that sounds like the guy who made Lost Highway. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh. So, like, it's it like Danny just like he gets that this is a story about Paul and Jessica and about, you know, he he's aware that this is like a a white savior story. That's mm-hmm. the other thing. There's no people of color in David Lynch's Dune. They're all white people. Stilgar is played by some dude who ends up being in Twin Peaks. Like, it's not good. Like, it's just not good. Everyone's super white. Like, Chani is this like little white girl. Like, it's just bad. Yeah. Uh, but in the in Denny's Dune in the new one, like they understand that like yeah this is like this was the work like the legend that is happening the, the legend of the lisan al-gaib was a legend planted by a white woman thousands of years ago but planted by a white woman adopted by this uh like brown culture that was about a white man that was about a white savior Right, and they and they and he gets it, and he's like, "Yes, this is what the story is. We know, but this is just what we're gonna do." I feel like they're doing a lot better of a job of like understanding that that's there. Yes, I mean, who knows how they're gonna stick the landing with some with a lot of the stuff that happens in the second half of this fucking book. Um, who knows how that will all land? Yes. Um, but I think they're set up really well. I think they're set up to like for it to be the story that it should be, which is like, here's a story of this kid. Like he's supposed to be like 17. Like he's a 17 year old kid with 
suddenly he arrives on this planet and like the day, like right before he goes to this new planet, he's told that he might be the Kwisatz Haderach, this like legendary person that the yes. Jesuit have been looking for for thousands of years. He gets to a new planet where his dad is like, Hey, like you, you don't always have to choose a leader to be a leader, but sometimes it, you get told and you have to make a choice. And then he the gets to his planet. Two prophecies, two prophecies yeah. on this, like, and then it, and then is, and then you get to this new planet, and they're all shouting, Mahdi and Lisan Al Gaib, and then he's like, "Hey, what's that?" And they're, and his mom is like, "Hey, like, the Bene Gesserit have done some shit, and they think you're their savior." Yes, and like, you want to know what makes? And his... he's like, "Fucking what?" That's yeah. so much. <laughs> That's so much. And then he's forced into being a duke. Like suddenly he is the head of this royal family in this imp- galactic imperium. Yes. While also still being a 17-year-old kid who might be the Quetzalcoatl, who might be the savior of these people. Like there's so much going on that this story is is about you know dealing with with things as they come and like and coming into like being a man and like growing up and like coming into into your into societal expectations like this this story really feels like it's about society's expectations of of young people yes and it just does such man, a good job half. Of, indeed just seeing this like, first half it, it's most yeah. definitely a lot that's a lot of its focus. Yeah. It's, it's so wild. Like, I think like, that's why this Dune might be my favorite book. Like it's so good. And the more I think about it, the more I like it. Like, it's just so good. There's so much good world building and story and, and yeah, like, I don't know, a story of, of societal expectations thrust upon this like kid and like this kid, like by the end of the book, he's like twenty-two, and like a lot of shit happens. Like a lot of shit. Like people more, like obviously more people die, and of it's course. like it's just like he's he's a kid, like he's a kid, and he's like in charge of so many people. It's just wild. Sorry, I cut you off. No, no, you're more than good. I love hearing it. But why? Um, what makes this so interesting to me is that his last movie is Blade Runner 2049. Spoiler alert for Blade Runner 2049, a movie all about rejecting the, the, uh, the prophecy, rejecting the idea that this one person, this one pretty white boy is going to save everyone. And instead, actually it's someone else. I don't know how the story of Dune ends, uh, I guess in a few hours I'll find out, but yeah, um, I can't speak to that. But there is that to me is also what's so interesting. What he has said about this trope, and now he's doing what seems to me as like one of the most famous versions of of that trope. Yes, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. It's really fascinating. That's actually what the what the Cinefix video is about. Is about Denny's movies and how they're all about identity mm. how they're, each of them are about like 
specifically the identity of like a parent and their child mm-hmm. um which like i won't i won't spoil anything but like it's already in this movie right of like there course. is the the identity of paul to his dad of paul to his mom like you know all of these all of these things of of that denny is so clearly interested in like like his first movie came out like right after he became a father oh okay like he's been a dad this whole time every movie he's made and like uh, i haven't seen his first couple movies i really want to now um but they're like about like being a parent like that's like the his first movie is about a woman wanting to have a child with her with her best friend, mm-hmm. right? Like, this I'm is sorry. what these movies are about: are like people's identities, like to themselves and to their children, and like, I mean, prisoners, like, is so like it's so much of that, so much about Blade of Runner, that. Sicario, Blade Runner, Sicario, Arrival, yeah, like all, it's all, all about it. like a parent and a child and that relationship and, and their identities in it. And Dune is, is just more of that. So this fits right into his wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's just going to be a spectacular series. Yeah. No, they have, I'm really real... curious if they're going to keep going with them. I don't know. Like, are they going to stop it at part two? I bet Denny, Denny leaves. Uh, probably Denny leaves. <clears throat> I wouldn't be surprised, but like, there's like, like six core Dune books essentially. Yeah, the first three are about Paul. So like, that would be the three that you do if you're gonna adapt Dune into a movie series. Like, do the three. You, do, you do those three, but then is that gonna be six movies or is it gonna be like, are they gonna shorten the next two? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Is it gonna be four movies? Is it gonna be three will be part of three and two yeah Yeah. um also i just don't know yeah no one last thing um yeah yeah. and my biggest problem with the movie like it doesn't really end like it really for me it really in all of the lord of the rings movies because they're all or i should say all the first two are very open-ended they're very much come Come back next week, next week, folks. But there's yeah, still yeah. a story within that in fellowship that you can follow. You have Boromir. You have uh, the most famous fight in film. What is it called? Oh no, I want to say River Run, but that's the wrong. That's Game of Thrones. Uh, the battle Helm's Deep. The Battle of Helm's Deep yeah, in like, Two Towers. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> Like, you still have things to follow. And then the third one, that's the climax. Yeah. You better watch the first two. Um, Even with, like, Kill Bill that we've recently talked about, there is still Mm -hmm. a story within that first one and within that second one. There's two different movies. And here, it's just like, all right, here we're going. We're setting things up. We're setting things up. Paul's first kill, and then we're over. We're done. I mean, yes, this is this is sort of the the f- biggest flaw of this movie. But like, there's no other. If you're splitting this book in half, this is where you do it. Mm-hmm. I'll tell like I I'll tell you right now, there is no other place that you can stop halfway through this book. This is the place. Like all of the stuff with like 
the Atreides has kind of happened. You see that whole story. I think that's like what they're trying to do is like, hey, we're going to like do this whole story with the Atreides. They're, you know, their their arrival on Arrakis, their first couple of experiences on Arrakis, that like getting to know the people, getting to know the land, their betrayal, like all of this stuff kind of going. I didn't get that. Oh. Could you try again? No, Siri. <laughs> not try again. Siri's debating if uh, she should see Dune or not. Yeah. Um, like, there's all this stuff with the Atreides, and I think the second half is really going to focus on Paul and the Fremen. Um, I mean, that's what the second half of the book is, too. But, like, I think I think this is... I think there... Uh, to me, there is an arc in here. Um, it's not as clear and defined as as most movies are i think Mm -hmm. and and i think that works for this book and for this story like i think having it be kind of like uh, 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 that's life i say it all the time that's life right sometimes a life just ends right in the middle of the story right (laughs) yeah it kind of just happens like um because the the book the first book is split up into three they're called books mm-hmm. in the first book. So there's book one, Dune, book two, Muad'Dib, and then book three, The Prophecy, I think it is. Um, maybe It might be book one, Dune, book two, The Prophecy, book three, Muad'Dib. Um, I can't remember the exact order, but it is split. Like there are kind of like, you can kind of like, if you read book one of book of Dune, you can kind of like be like, okay, that was like a third of this story. I, yeah, cool. Yeah. And then you can kind of read the second half, the the next third, and then you kind of read the third, third. Um, and it all kind of works. Um, but each of those, like you can't stop. The first book in the book doesn't really have a story. Like, it's it's all set up to do the second part, to do the third part, you know? Mm-hmm. So this kind of stops, like, about halfway through the book. And I think, like, the arc is is just, like... It's really doing a lot of the work of, of setup. And, and setting up what's happening in the next thing. But also just, like... Here's the story of, of like, loss like here it is here's this family who who had an opportunity and they were betrayed like they like they have a day he's know. trying to get his mom to force him to get a cup of water and it gets worse from there it yeah. just keeps, I saw, keeps getting worse and worse i saw a tweet that was like oops i fucked a witch and now my son has anxiety yeah <laughs> like that's all this movie is um but i think there is like payoff to like you know he's having these weird dreams it's not full payoff but there is something you're you're totally right there is a bit of catharsis a bit of not closure but yeah not definitely not closure but there is like i think catharsis is the right yeah Um, he has these visions of zendaya then he sees zendaya hooray yeah, that moment plays really well. The fight with Jameis plays plays really well. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I loved, I also got to mention, I fucking loved how they did the dream shit in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, cause, cause like in the books, like the way it's described is like, he's seeing all the possible futures kind of all at once. Yeah. So in this, like condensing <clears throat> it into like an abstracted, like metaphorical version of that was fucking uh, <laughs> like having Jameis like be there being like I'll I'll teach you things about the like you have so much to learn about the desert I'll teach you but he's teaching him in death right like he mm. doesn't Jameis doesn't magically come back to life like he's dead he's gone but the death of Jameis leads to a lot of growth and learning for Paul like it is the first man he killed but it's also like he gets to learn more about Fremen culture he gets to learn more about like how this world works because of that, because of, of him killing him. Mm-hmm. Um, and same with like seeing Zendaya with her, with her bloody hand, like in, in beautiful, like, you know, God Ray sunset shots. Yes. Right. Of like, yes, this is so romantic. She's the most beautiful woman you've ever seen. She also like stabbed you, you she know, like it's just, what is, what is that all? happening and meaning and, like, and yeah oh. for sure well remember a moment last year when we were like is dune even gonna come out we seen yeah. it yeah it's here it's out We've we saw it, it and it's, it's here. here it's fantastic one of us got to see it in rumbly seats and yes. one of us got to see it on the biggest fucking screen i've ever seen in my whole goddamn <laughs> life so my name is Sam Ban again. I am Andrew Thomas. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, this was a little bit of a long one, but so is the book. So fuck. So it. so is Doom, right? We could we've had three hour long episodes before. Exactly. I think we're allowed to, to go a little bit over. <laughs> I think it's okay. Um. Uh. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, it means a lot. If you want to support the show financially, you can join Lennox Studios over on our Patreon. Uh to uh, give us at least five bucks a month you get a bonus episode every single month real excited for this month i have a fun idea i just gotta figure it out before we record um and uh yeah you get that every single month and some other stuff it's all on there uh but if you oh sorry yeah 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 i did oh sorry missed that i apologize that was me i got lost in the sauce you got lost in the yeah 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 yes exactly uh, <laughs> uh yeah uh patreon.com slash welcome back pod our link tree is also in the description of this episode uh and on all of our social media at welcome back pod you can follow us there if you don't have the money or don't want to give us money we totally get it there's a pandemic going on uh everyone stay safe um out there uh oh i have to do my covid test we started my work started having us do at home covid tests so i got to do a covid test Oh, please, shove it in your nose. Go shove it up your nose, Sam. Okay. Um, (laughs) uh, Yeah, uh, that's a great way to support the show from Patreon. uh, But you can also follow us on all the social medias. uh, Like the the podcast, follow the podcast, all the different things on all the different places. You know how how the internet fucking works. I don't have to explain it to you. If you're like me and you don't like the internet, and the internet poses... (laughs) life challenges for you do what you do best go out into the real world and tell your friends listen to us hook us up to a jukebox up uh, who, ju- who i can't speak 
uh, hook us up to a uh, what's the big one that people put on their shoulders? A boombox. A boombox, and listen to us. Listen to us talk about movies, mainly movies. We've done a few comedy specials. We've done some TV shows. And yeah, we've done some stuff. That's about it. But yeah, listen with your friends. Tell your friends. Have their friends tell their friends about Welcome Back. Yeah. Uh, Andrew, I also forgot to mention this before, but I think it's a fun note to go out on. So I'm so glad that Timothy Chalamet is in a sci-fi movie. Uh-huh. Because he's allowed to know what an iPhone is. Yes, exactly. He's allowed to look like he knows what an iPhone is because that's what he looks like. He looks like a boy from the future, does he not already? Yeah. And I'm kind of worried to see him in French Dispatch because, what, he's going to be writing a newspaper knowing what a fucking iPhone is? Imagine how I feel. He's going to play Bob Dylan. He's going he's to fight the Vietnam War. With some, with some looking, AirPods. Looking like ear. he knows what Twitter is. Exactly. <laughs> like he's going to go tweet about it. Fucking ridiculous. Fucking iPhone looking. <laughs> <laughs> iPhone looking. Looking, knowing the difference between Bing and Google looking. 